Welcome everyone to the mightiest podcast in the nine realms, metas, and mutants. I am Tombstone the Dead Man, and this is my fellow Avenger, Super Psy Guy. What up? What's good, Super Psy Guy? Oh, you know, living the dream and so close to being able to watch uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right? Did you see that final trailer, partners? Well, it's not, first of all, this was not the final trailer. There was one before that that they said was the final and then this one that they dropped out, it's like 50, it's like 50 seconds or some shit like that. Maybe 60, maybe a whole minute. Um, I think they dropped it yesterday. And dude, I'm getting all kinds of lethal weapon vibes from these guys. Like, <laughs> the, 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 I'm telling you, these guys have a great fucking chemistry. And my wife was not, she wasn't all that interested in seeing this one. And I told her, I was like, because I think the Wanda, she loved WandaVision. So she felt like this was going to be more Winter Soldiers. And my wife is one of the very few individuals that wasn't all, all pumped up about Winter so- the Winter Soldier movie. Which oh, is, damn. You know, it's weird, right? It's weird. And I told her, I was like, I don't know. Like, this this one's going to be one of them ones. <laughs> like, yeah. this is going to be one of them ones. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's awesome. It looks like it's going to be really good. And on on the flip side of that of that coin, um, Warner Brothers, what the fuck are you doing? Because, listen, I don't know how you can take the most iconic comic book characters in the history of comics and make them look like they Bush League. Because they do, I'm watching the trailer, and look, I'm going to watch um, the Zack Snyder cut. I'm going to. I have to. I'm part of the press now. <laughs> so I got to watch this shit. But when I look at um, the CGI on Dark Side and, and the CGI on Steppenwolf, even though Steppenwolf looks arguably more intimidating in this version, the face still looks, it just looks bad, it looks like bad CGI. That's what it looks like. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just, I don't know, I'm hoping the story, I'm hoping the, the new focus, the new um, beats and pacing on this is what makes it because I've watched plenty of stuff that didn't have great um, CGI, but it still was a great story, good acting. So you know, it's something that I enjoy watching. So if they can pull that off, then okay. But y'all spent a lot of money, man, for that to look like that. Yeah, you know, and it, I I'm skeptical about how good it's going. Same. To be. Saying they keep saying, you know, a Snyder keeps saying, oh no, it wasn't good the first time because it wasn't my vision. Oh. All right, so now you didn't give us your vision. Now, if it's still trash, <laughs> then I'm gonna blame Zach. I'm gonna blame Zach. I, like the the root of it, you were supposed to be that guy on there. Yeah, they had to, the, you know, you had that tragedies that happened, and you had to um, leave, which is understandable. But it's just maybe something rotten with you putting your hands on it. I don't know. Because <laughs> this, this, this is supposed to be your vision, right? So let's see what it looks like. Um, yeah. And speaking of uh, films and people doing their best or not, uh, the main thing for today on this episode is fan videos. Comic book um, fans that, you know, kind of dabble into the whole video and filmmaking thing. They love the 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 genre so much they want to contribute to it 
and they create these movies, these little short films or whatever. And um, we're going to discuss some of the ones that we've watched and um, hopefully inspires you guys to go and check them out because, you know, I got a lot of respect for the people that do this stuff. Even if I didn't yeah. like the result, um, I, I got a lot of respect for them. And, so, like, you can see some of the stuff here, too. It's like, some of it, yeah, it, you, you can, can tell it's home video yep. stuff. Yep, yep. There's other things, though, where it's some pretty... It is, it is professionally done in a couple of these. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. A, a couple of these, they straight up got like full on production mm-hmm, crew, sound mm-hmm, crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a few of them here. I know I'm going to talk about two of them from Adi Shankar. Right. He has a whole thing called the Bootleg Universe, where he's he's gotten real actors from some of the movies he's wow. done obvious he was behind punisher dirty laundry which he actually brought in thomas jane who was in the 2004 punisher movie. right 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 alongside tom cruise and them but he just brought thomas jane in for this uh he did a power rangers one where he brought in a couple of the original actors who agreed to do it mm-hmm. from like the old tv show and like the original movie in the 90s oh nice so like and like the guy's a legitimate producer and director right so he's doing this stuff because he's a fan of this Mm -hmm. he he loves these things so Mm -hmm. his whole bootleg universe is all it's full-on professionally done so you can see how some of these they're they're home video some of them are full-on professional and and look good there's a few that are in between in between yep yep exactly um but before we get into that we just have a couple of stories we want to talk about um today so i'll uh let you get the first one (laughs) all right so first up is henry cavill reportedly blames walter hamada for losing the superman role whoa so it's official that he's lost. He's no longer Superman. Is that what's going uh, on? We're going to find out here. Damn it. So the formative <laughs> years of the DCEU were characterized by studio interference and a clear lack of leadership. That's obvious. Which is why the franchise had a habit of announcing countless movies before proceeding to do absolutely nothing huh. with the majority of them. Hmm. Between Man of Steel releasing in the summer of 2013 and Aquaman's December 2018 bow, control of DC Films' output was in a constant state of flux. Diane Nelson, Greg Silverman, Jeff Johns, and John Berg were all tasked with spearheading the shared superhero universe at various points before Walter Hamada was named president in January 2018. Well, that's coincided with something of a renaissance for DCEU, Hamada isn't without his critics. Most notably, Ray Fisher has refused to return as Cyborg as long as he's calling the shots, leading to a rewrite of The Flash before it entered production last month. Mm. Insider Daniel Richtman, meanwhile, is now claiming that Henry Cavill also has his issues with Hamada and blames him for leaving him out in the cold as Superman. Because remember, there's been rumors of a of a Man of Steel two for like five years. Yeah, like, yeah. Like we're going on eight years since the movie released. So it was like really nine, just bad. Nine man. years since it was filmed, right? Right. And you know, this might be controversial, but I like the Man of Steel movie. And um, 
I did want to see them follow up with that. It, it, to, to, as far as I'm concerned, there should have been a Man of Steel 2 before there was a Justice League. But Yeah. Yeah. But here we are. Here we are. Uh, Matthew Vaughn and Christopher McQuarrie had both circled a potential Man of Steel sequel before Hamada was even appointed, so the lack of interest on the studio's part was already there long before Hamada took the job. However, the decision to recast and reboot the character without Cavill's involvement makes it abundantly clear that the current head honcho is just as disinterested. Uh It must have been a real kick in the teeth for the actor to discover that the next standalone Superman blockbuster was happening with someone else in the title role. And while there are no doubt plenty of mitigating factors in play, as the man in charge, the buck stops with Hamada, so you can understand why he could be getting singled out for the blame. Yeah, I think that's a goddamn shame. I, I rather enjoyed um, Henry Cavill as Superman, and I was really looking forward to somebody with a good script, <laughs> a good director, you know, to um, put him in uh, another uh, uh, DC film as Superman. And it's like, doesn't like we're going to get there. We're not. So that means uh, it'll probably be another Superman um, that it went, if and when they release um, the Black Adam film, you said you saw uh, Dwayne Johnson constantly throwing little shots at the other, um, the other characters. So I was hoping at some point we would see both of them on the screen, Henry, Henry Cavill and The Rock on the screen, but we won't. And look, I'm not saying that they, they won't find a, 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 a suitable replacement. It's possible. It's possible, but I, I just think, I don't know, man. I, I think that kind of sucks. It, it, it's something else, I think, that makes the whole DC uh, Extended Universe thing just seem bootleg, man. Just very, very bootleg. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, next story. Uh, writers say that Falcon and Winter Soldier will be the opposite of WandaVision. No shit, Sherlock. Like, is anybody... The online justice... And there we go again with it not being muted. Um, <laughs> is anybody surprised at all that this will be different than WandaVision? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Did that but... need to be said? Apparently, it's heavily to do with all the fan theories. It's like, this is... It's most likely going to cut down a lot of that. Mm. Just because of how it's done, Look, it's already started. I've already seen people talking about, hey, we might get Omega Red. Hey, we might get Wolverine. I've seen this shit already. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) people are still going to push, but they've basically said that it's going to be a lot harder because of how the because of the style of the show yeah 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 i can i can imagine that i can imagine that um it seems like it's gonna be high octane so uh the story the uh article uh starts throughout its nine episode run on disney plus wandavision spawned one insane fan theory after the next due to the cryptic plot of the series and its associated episode cliffhangers Fans will up scrambling from week to week trying to decipher what would happen next on the show. According to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, writer Malcolm Spellman, the next series on Marvel Studios' release slate is going to be the exact opposite of that. Yes, that means no Mephisto theories this time around, folks. 
Speaking with Inverse, Spellman said he had direct orders from Marvel to keep the series on the side of a buddy two-hander. Playing off the scenes, we got a Falcon, Anthony Mackie, and Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan, and Captain America Civil War. One thing Marvel knew they wanted before I ever walked through the door was that they wanted a buddy two-hander. Spellman told the website. When I say buddy two-hander, I don't like that phrasing at all. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, it's basically buddy cop. Yeah, I don't like that at all. It's just two two lead characters. Yeah. The term. the term threw me off when I was first reading it. Because, oh, like, oh I, I get why it's like that. Yeah, but but I've just, never heard it described as that instead of buddy Never, cop. never, ever. So he continues, when I say buddy two-hander, I mean the energy and vibe of those things and the way buddy two-handers are able to deal with issues of the moment while keeping them fun. That's when he went the length to call the Falcon and when the soldier and antithesis to WandaVision due to the wildly different tones between two shows. The other thing about buddy two-handers is, is if you, you've seen any of them, is that they're re it's really not a mystery to them. The writer added, they're all character first. They're all about emotion and connection or lack of connection between characters. And that's something I do as a writer. And it's something that the genre wants. As amazing as WandaVision was, this is an antithesis in every single way. The Falcon and Winter Soldier hits Disney Plus on March 19th, while all nine episodes of WandaVision are now streaming on the service. Um, so <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm getting all kinds of Lethal Weapon vibes from this. And this is a good thing, by the way. <laughs> this is this is Butch. This is our Butch Cassidy and the Sun Sundance Kid. This is all of those um, buddy films um, that you may have grown up watching and enjoyed. Like that—that's what this reminds me of. And I'm actually low key waiting for Marvel to do another genre type film in the same vein as Die Hard. Can you imagine? They have characters that they can use to do that genre. Moon Knight is such a... Is he, Moon Knight! You can have Moon Knight in something that's a diehard type thing. Like, it would be amazing. Deadpool could pull it off. Like, I would love to see that. And this reminds me of all those Lethal Weapon movies I watched growing up. Um, Tango and Cash. Shit like that. That's what this reminds me of. So. This this also kind of reminds me of uh, Rush Hour. Yo, yes it does. <laughs> yes, it, a, yes and it does. That's, I mean that in the most positive way yes, possible. Those yes. movies were fantastic. Yeah, it, it absolutely reminds me of Rush Hour. And so, like, I'm looking forward to it. By the time you guys hear this uh, um, this uh, episode, you probably will have watched, it, at the very least, the first episode of it. Um I, I don't know, man. I'm, I have a very good feeling about about this show. Very good feeling about it. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and this is one of those weeks where we got a lot of content coming out. Um, so yeah. to, to, to end the week off with this, pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. But anyway, on to the main event of oh, the episode. Quick, quick before we go into this. Okay, okay. I'm just going to do a quick shout out. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I found out the other day, I posted about this in the group. Right. That uh, one of my co-workers' fiance, 
who's a DJ, mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. his music featured in one of the teaser trailers for Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, you know, dope. Three, four years ago, but yeah. That's uh, dope. He's a DJ known as Sticky Buds. Sticky but, Buds. <laughs> yeah. But his uh, song Clap Your Hands Now got featured in the Spider-Man Homecoming wow. Find Your Place trailer. Yo, I've always wanted my music on some comic book movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I've uh, I had no idea who he was or anything. I, I've actually met the guy a couple of times, so I had no idea. Like, and I knew he was a DJ and stuff, but I had no idea about this until right. uh, a conversation Monday night mm-hmm. between myself and one of my buddies, and she overheard. It's like, oh yeah, you're you're into this? Yeah, it's like my my fiance actually had his music featured in spider-man homecoming i'm like wait what he's like yeah so here and then she showed me everything i'm like oh wow that is cool as shit that's so you know it's so yeah it's definitely an edm thing so it's not my style of music but it's still cool that like i know a dude whose music got featured yeah in a marvel blockbuster right right that that yo that's that's pretty dope so shout out shout out to him man uh, DJ Sticky Buds, <laughs> shout out to him. Um, but yeah, um, fan films, and particularly comic book themed fan films. First, before I go, we go into any of these. I I, I definitely want to make it known that I have the utmost respect for filmmakers, um, even amateur filmmakers, that decide to tackle this genre. In many cases, some of these things were done, you could tell, at the expense of the person doing that. So, you know, this is a labor of love. It's not like they were going out getting um, any money for it. or anything. Nah, this was a labor of love. And as a filmmaker myself, I do know how hard it is. I don't care what type of equipment you got. This is, it's hard stuff, you know? So um, even if you hear some criticisms on some of the... um the ones that I've watched this week know that it's, 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 these are mild criticisms. These are, these are not, uh, you know, criticisms that the person shouldn't have done it at all. No, absolutely not. Continue to do it, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I watched a fair amount. Um, so I think maybe we, we could do is we could talk about, um, the ones that we both saw first. Um, for instance, Dirty Laundry, the Punisher one. That video was so well done. I mean, Thomas Jane, uh, reprises his role as the Punisher in this one. And, um, if I'm not mistaken, he's the one that, um, produced this, right? Uh, he helped. Yes. And when you talk about. Again, it was still Adi Shankar, who's like the main producer behind it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, the Thomas Jane definitely had a hand background, including uh, funding it Ah, because he he ah. wanted to get it done. He's because Thomas Jane actually is a big Punisher fan himself. It shows. So. Um. And he was like, you know, I, I liked the first movie that I did, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily dark and gritty. Nope. And that's more due to the time. Yep. 
But yep. it's like, this is something that I can do that's kind of a love letter to Frank Castle and his fans. And listen, I got to tell you, uh, this little short, this film short here, justifies why Thomas Jane should have been a Punisher. This justifies it. Because talk about nailing the tone of the character. Just imagine, if you will, a slightly older Punisher who is pretty jaded at this point. <laughs> now, a jaded Punisher, that's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> that's kind of crazy. But he's basically just... um. Trying to do his laundry, man, and he, and he winds up in a situation where he sees uh, a kid out there being uh, mistreated by uh, basically drug dealer, thug, you know, uh, criminals and pimps, you know, and it was all he could stand, so he couldn't stand no more. He tried to mind his business. I, one thing I, I liked about that was the conversation he had with the guy that owned the laundromat. I thought that that was that was some keen insight. Because, you know, it's one thing just to put the Punisher in a, in, a, in a film and have him, you know, kill a bunch of motherfuckers. All right, we kind of expect that. But that insight, that conversation he had with him, that insight, um, I felt like that was particularly well done and shows how you can do a short film like this and still have layers. There's layers to the stuff in here that, that we watched. And I mean, the fact that they managed to get, like, not only Thomas Jane, mm -hmm. but in this video, they also managed to get Ron Perlman. Yeah, right? Right? To play uh, a shopkeeper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he sees this stuff and is like, I, I spent my time in the war, you know? It's right. Like, you kill one of these guys and they just keep coming back. Mm -hmm. It's no use. Back. Like mm -hmm. the, the guy's just like completely given up on that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Thomas James Punisher is still, I'm going to do something about it. Even if it only affects these three or four people right here. Right. And I mean, he, he beat the crap. Listen, he went out there and did what the Punisher does. And I think, one of the things that's the Punisher's superpower is he wakes up every morning and chooses violence. <laughs> like every he chooses it. He, he doesn't, doesn't choose him. Doesn't he know? He doesn't know by no means. He chooses violence, and the level of violence he's capable of is almost a superpower because that this is the this is a form of violence that gives absolutely no fucks, no quarter, and acts none. Like where other people might hesitate to do certain shit, he does not hesitate in the least bit, and I think that's what gives him the advantage on almost anybody you can think of when it comes to um, confrontation, because he's absolutely going to fuck you up without any thought to how bad you're going <laughs> to. This is going to hurt. He doesn't care. Like anything he has with him at the time is a weapon it doesn't necessarily have to be a gun like he's gonna hurt you really bad and i think he catches people off guard with that and i remember um in in the civil war uh comic book when uh somebody tried to haphazardly make the um comparison between captain america and um the punisher they said something to the effect of same guy different war Cap corrected that shit immediately. <laughs> he, oh yeah, he corrected that immediately. He was like, "Oh no, 
absolutely not. Uh, Frank Castle was insane. <laughs> like this is, it's not the same. It's not. It's not the same. It's not. Um, it's not. But there are definitely similarities. Yeah. Yeah. They they they're both soldiers. Um. They're both uh, dedicated to doing what they consider to be the right thing. It's just that their ideas of what the right thing is is vastly different when it comes to how to deal with a threat. Because Cap going to beat your ass. Do not get it twisted. Cap is going to beat your ass. But the stuff punishment to the people, it's just, it's, it's, it's vindictive. It's, it's. Cap, Cap will beat your ass. Punisher will beat your ass torture you for fun and yeah. then just kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, like I, I still else. remember one time he threatened uh who was it? he threatened uh Doctor Strange. <laughs> Cause like Doctor Strange is like, oh yeah, you know, just he's telling the truth. He's like, so I sent him here and he's like, I know he's telling the truth. You ever interfere with one of my things again, I will blow out your kneecaps and break your hands. And it's like, damn. Damn it. But see, and this is the thing. People usually do not know how. To, it's only one person that I've seen. Um, and I'm not including Dakin. Fuck Dakin. Um, the one person I've seen that 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 is on that level of not give a fuckness, and that's Wolverine. That's why I just like the way that when these two fight. But most of these other heroes are not prepared. It, powers or not, are not prepared for the the darkness <laughs> that Frank is going to bring on you if he, if he's pushed. They not because theoretically, I mean, Doctor Strange could just like take his astral form out and that's it. But I, but I think it's a thing of being prepared. They're not prepared for what the fuck Frank's going to do. <laughs> they just not. He's too unpredictable. And it's like, they don't, just when they think he won't do something, he'll do it. <laughs> he'll fucking do it. And then what? You know? And it's, what are you going to do? The only way to stop him is to outright kill him. Yeah. It's something yeah. these heroes have made it clear they don't that's want not something to they go to first they're not and even though um marvel heroes are more likely to pull that trigger than dc heroes they still hesitate they still hesitate that's like a last resort you know with most of them that's not something that they they don't they don't wake up in the morning and choose violence <laughs> violence comes to them you know um uh punish is looking for it what what, what? He did what? All right. And he doesn't have any picks when it comes to criminal. Crime is crime. This is a crime. You're a criminal. So fuck you. I don't care. You know, so. Yeah, that, that's all the justification he that's needs. That's all he needs. Crime. That's all he needs. He, he's. It's very rare when he gives exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. He does do it, but it is so rare. And this is the reason why, to be honest, uh, especially the uh, low-level gangsters and all that they're outright terrified of him that 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 he will um get their scent and like oh i'm on you now they are fucking ter- so, so much so that there wasn't there a city down somewhere in, the, in the south america that, that a lot of them ran to and stayed down there for a while i think it was in the uh the wolverine the punisher um full book uh uh miniseries thing 
that they had. There was literally a town there full of people that ran, <laughs> that left the United States. Like, look, fuck this. I'm not staying. I'm not staying. He, he, he I'm, I'm, I'm in his radar. He's yeah. on his radar. So I'm gone. I'm out of here. That and 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 unfortunately for them, he wound up down there. <laughs> it's like like you're in trouble now. But I feel like this this little fan film, as short as it was, excellently done. Everything from the cinematography to the dialogue to just the choreography, like everything, the scenario, the premise, really, really, really fucking well done. Um, yeah. And and to me, that's on the high end of um fan film oh yeah that's definitely on the high end this one's a short 10 minute one which is short because like some of the ones you've seen yeah are 25 Mm -hmm. 30 minutes Mm -hmm. they're basically Mm -hmm. short films right but this one he's there just doing his laundry hence the name dirty laundry at like a laundromat right these couple gangster guys are like harassing a couple hookers as well as uh, this kid who doesn't want to deal drugs for them. Right. So he goes across the street to this store, like an, a general store, all purpose, sells liquor, sells chips, sells whatever. And that's the store Ron Perlman's character is the shopkeeper works at. Goes there, buys this bottle of Jack that the bottle must be made of adamantium. <laughs> because... He just unleashes oh, that bottle as one of the most lethal weapons I've seen. <laughs> Yo, it's Uru. That's not, that's come on. That's Uru. It's gotta be, right? <laughs> he was he bashing people's heads. <laughs> but yeah, he was like bashing heads in, breaking bones oh with it. Oh my goodness. He just absolutely slaughters these guys. And then the guy's like, what are you gonna do? Kill me? He's like, no. He's like, he sets the bottle down after well he covers this guy in just jack daniels yeah puts the bottle down and sets a lighter up <laughs> and walks away and the it's like they get to decide if it's justice or not it points right. at the hookers and the hookers come up look at it and set the dude on fire it was so perfect and afterwards he gives his punisher skull shirt so perfect so and it's like perfect. yo this is Punisher's actually done some things like that, so... So perfect. Like, it works. And it's just such a well-done thing. Again, you have... The fact that you have a couple big-name actors here... Yeah. Is probably one of the things that helped cause a lot of the other people involved with this to step up their acting game. Absolutely. Plus, you know, it does... It lends credibility to it. Because we've seen Tom Thomas Jane as a Punisher before, so but seeing I mean, him in it again is just to top it off. Some of these other guys are bigger actors as well. Yeah, like the main gangster. Yeah, he was had... in um Chef, right? Uh, I, don't I think know he was in the um, Samuel L. Jackson Chef. I know he was in Batman vs Superman. Mm. He was in Lord of War. He was in Tears of the Sun. Mm. So it's like he's a big actor himself, right? Uh, he was in Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like 
he's a bigger name himself, Sammy Ratibi. Yeah. Yep. There's a couple other guys who were involved who are just in a bunch of smaller stuff, like made for TV movies. Yeah. Minor roles in a couple other things, but it's like a lot of shorts. But it's the fact that it's like they gave a shot to a couple of these smaller guys, but they had a couple of big name guys. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And it was really, like I said, man, like you said, it causes everybody to step their game up um, when you have uh, great actors, passionate people, the passionate about the project, go in there and deliver their lines and do their scenes. It makes you not want to be the the turd in the scene, right? So yeah, you so can clearly these guys see they're all stepping it up. As yeah, well. it was really, really, really well done. Um, and it, like I said, it, it gave you an appetite to see Thomas Jane as the Punisher again. Um, so that's one. That's on one end. Very ground, very grounded on Earth. You know, not super fantastic. Got a bunch of powers popping on place. That's that. But then you have. On the other end of the spectrum, Gambit, play for oh, keeps. Man. That video is <laughs> so good. Now, this is my only question about it. So there were scenes in there where Rogue was clearly taking damage by regular humans. Is this a version of Rogue that does no longer has Curl Danvers uh, abilities? Because that's not what would have happened had she had Carol Danvers invulnerability, super strength, all that other shit. Like, I literally saw um, Rogue in here doing MMA moves. <laughs> That's, you know, your Rogue is usually a Superman-type character where she's flying in and punching your ass up, right? And you're gonna shoot her, and the bullets are gonna bounce off, and you're gonna try to stab her, and the blade is gonna bend, and, <laughs> you know, like... That's but in this one she didn't seem to have those other powers, um, which was confusing to me. Um, but I did like the person they had playing her, the actress. I don't know what her name was. Uh, her name is Ellen Holman. She did a great job, man. Like I like that felt like Rogue because I never felt like the one that they had for the Fox series. She never felt like Rogue to me. Never, never. And uh, I'm looking at it. She's uh, she's got quite a bit of work since 2005 which was oh, her yeah? first acting stuff hmm. she's done a like a bunch of like a couple episodes of like tv shows oh, okay just what it started as okay including shows on like numbers criminal minds the oc mm -hmm. malcolm in the middle she had an oh shit on. again that was like 15 16 years ago right well this is a old this is kind of uh right? she was a main role in uh one of the spartacus seasons interesting uh, i think it was blood and sand wow it says spartacus it doesn't exactly say uh what season it was because right. i know every season had a different, different name. name yeah yeah still uh, she was in one good. of the scorpion king four movie Pew. well we can't win them all uh, she, she was in a few episodes of uh, Into the Badlands. Oh shit! Uh, she was in. I'm trying to look at it. Like she was obviously in this Gambit video. She was. Uh... Oh, apparently she was in a different Gambit video short. Really? As, well, as rogue as, as well. Hmm. Hmm. I checked that uh, out too. It looks like it was basically uh 
huh, it's only got three people in it in the other Gambit video short, mm-hmm. including the same guy who plays Gambit here. Right. And a guy who plays Dokken. Oh. Oh, it looks like it might be... Uh... Bat and Sun? No. Okay. That. Why would it be that? Well, the only reason why I'm thinking that is because don't they do a lot of those type of film, short films? And it's not necessarily just DC over there. Don't they do some other shit too? I mean, this guy does. It looks like this video was initially uh, the first Gambit video that we saw mm. or that she was in. Okay. Was basically a, an idea for the whole playing for keeps. Ah, 20 short. okay. But yeah, like the guy who does this one does quite a few, but he's got some acting roles for himself. He's also, uh, he was involved with Hobo with a Shotgun. Uh-huh. Uh, he's been on a couple TV shows like The Originals, um, My Babysitter's a Vampire, and Mr. D. See, I've watched The Originals. The other ones I've heard of, but I've never watched. He he did a Mr. and Mrs. Smith par- parody. Oh, damn. That he did uh, a lot of the stuff. He basically does himself. He does the writing, producing, and stuff, and just goes from it, or goes with it from there. Hmm. But he's, he's been in a couple movies and stuff, too, so I mean... This one, um, and and the guy that plays Gambit, yeah, that's he, he's, he's the guy who he's helped write help. all this stuff. Listen, he was rather good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, he pulled it off. He pulled it off, man. I'm gonna tell you the scene that. Well, basically, the basic premise of it is, um, apparently, some gangster dude that Gambit pissed off in the past. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and fucked fuck his, his reputation, reputation up. up. Um, basically, basically started, started uh, one of the bit of revenge. So he kidnapped Rogue, and then he led um, Gambit via that. That's what's, what's the name's uh, sister, right? That's Colossus' sister, the one that, yeah, magic. That's, that's magic, right? He, yeah. he used so weird. He used magic to basically lead him to this poker game, forced him to play by having you know Rogue being tortured and kept him from using his powers because every time he uses his powers. One of the other guys had a device that as soon as his, his, his uh, power would be ignited, Rogue would be shocked or whatever. So they had Rogue jam the fuck up. And I got to say, the acting, all of that, I thought was really good. I thought it was really good. And when uh, <laughs> Gambit finally made his move, that scene is so epic with the spinning of the bull stab and hitting Charging, hitting the ground. That, that shit is epic. And just the fights. And you really get to see. Because I think a lot of people, they're so used to watching, you know, especially if you're of a certain age, you saw Gambit on the X-Men cartoon on the old Fox Network thing. Y'all don't really realize the extent of Gambit's powers and how flexible it is and what it allows him to fucking do. Um, the fact that, that, that he, you know, manipulates kinetic energy that way, it's, it's more than, than just, just him charging, charging cards, cards, man. Like, like it goes to his agility, agility, his speed, all, all of that, that shit. Yeah. Like, like he, 
He's, he's fucking, fucking amazing. amazing. And this video was just, again, another very well done. It was done on a professional level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that helps it stand out as well. But, like, I'm looking at some of the actors and actresses throughout this, and there's, there's a, a good bit of professional work, work even if some of them are in a bunch of shorts. Um, the, old, the, the gangster guy, I've seen him in other stuff. I've well, seen him in well, other stuff. A bunch of them are gangster guys. So. Well, I'm talking about the old guy, the old one that that that, that put this whole thing together. I've seen oh, him yeah. in other things. <laughs> like, I've seen him in other shit. Oh, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of work. Yeah. Going back to the late 80s. Oh, fuck. Going back to the 60s. Jeez. Jeez. I've seen him in a lot of shit, man. But yeah, he's been around in things like uh, Runaway Train. Mm. Uh, Lonely Hearts, The Hard Truth, Love is a Gun. Mm. Uh, he was in one of the Doctor Who TV movies in the 90s. Figures. Uh, he has a few uh, TV series where he's done stuff, like in limited roles, like The Odyssey. He was in Frasier in mm. one episode. He was in an episode of Touched by an Angel. <laughs> he was also in the the Spawn TV series in the late 90s. Really? You mean the HBO one? Uh, no. The late 90s. Huh. Todd McFarlane's Spawn. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The cartoon. Yeah, that's the, I thought that was, on, that was on HBO. I think I, I own that. I HBO. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I gotta check again because I know I have the DVD, and I could have sworn it said the, H, the H, old HBO series, but it's old though, and it's the one with uh, what's the dude that did the voice acting for um Spawn, black guy um, damn it, because he's the one I want to do for my character, <laughs> um, a David Keith did the voice acting for Spawn in that, in that cartoon. Nice. But yeah, he's done a whole bunch of stuff in minor roles, major roles. He's done TV series, videos. Nice. Nice. Uh, he, he did one in a video game for one of the Danny Phantom video games. Hmm. This should, this is who now who's the director of this? Who who The director of this one is I'm looking, I'm seeing co-producers, executive producers, but I'm not seeing a full-on director. Mm. But I think it would have been the main guy behind this, so Nick Bateman. Well, I don't know. Directed by Jensen Known. Jensen Known. I, I got to But give like Nick Bateman wrote the story as well as played Gambit and was behind it. The chick who played... Uh, Magic was mm-hmm. also one of the producers. Interesting. Like a bunch of these guys, they're all, a lot of these guys are industries. Just a lot of them are more stunt people. Right, right. Guys who don't necessarily get the big screen. They're stunt people, producers, executives. They're all industry. They're just, they're not actors per se. 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing. And then they get one or two main actors who are just like, yeah, I'm down for something like this. We're yeah, all They're all wildly, um, wildly talented people because um, I felt like we had stepped into the comic book for, for, for that, what, how long is that, 20 minutes? Um, yeah. It's really well done. Uh, Gambit play for keeps. Really, really fucking well done. And I would love to see actually more um, little shorts like that with Gambit in it because Gambit's an interesting character. Um, he's charismatic. I don't believe he's as popular as he used to be, but I think that's mainly because he hasn't been used um, as much as, as back then. When, when we saw him in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, and honestly, I thought that he did a the I like that guy, that too. One. Yeah, I liked him, too. I liked him, too. Um, I've, matter of fact, I've seen him in some other things after that. Yeah, um, you know, I thought he did a pretty, he did a pretty reasonable job. Uh, Taylor Kitsch. Yep, and you know the thing about and him, he he did pretty he, good in that role. He, I, I he, actually didn't really he seem like didn't he seem like Gambit? Like he he had the whole swag, you know. He did. And unfortunately, when they decided, oh yeah, we're gonna do a, a Gambit movie, oh, they decided so... we're not gonna use him. We're gonna go to uh... what's the guy's name? Um... It was in G.I. Joe and quite a few other things. He was all the rage for a second. Um, he was in the second um, Kingsman. Damn, I can't remember his goddamn Channing Tatum. Channing, yo, I was and so like, disappointed I, I, with that. I don't know if Channing Tatum could pull that off. And now it's so just 100% in limbo. But it's like, man, Taylor Kitsch actually did a pretty good job. Yeah, and the thing about Channing that really turned me off, him I'm doing it, is because in the um, the second Kingsman mo- movie that he's in, it was it, he had one job to nail that accent, that southern accent. And he did not. So I have no, I have no expectation. How are you going to do that? Cajun, yeah, like, <laughs> like dude, no. It's supposed to be the French Louisiana. <laughs> How are you going to be the raging Cajun? I don't see it. I, I don't see it. Um, but again. Another very, very, very good. I liked everything about it. Um, ex- like I said, one thing that confused me was Rogue didn't seem to have her super strength or invulnerability, but in every other way, that was definitely Rogue. It was even clever the way she. Um, well, I mean, if they gave her that, she wouldn't have really been able to drive the plot forward. Well, for see, that's that's getting, what I was thinking too. Right? But that's what I thought at first, right? When they had her kidnapped, I figured maybe they had one of those collars around, you know, them them um the ones that um neutralize their abilities or some shit that's war well, they, they could have easily had technology in the room that caused that yeah that, that's also a thing still too and so. also she did kind of now to think about it she did show her strength at the end when magic popped back up and she caught her around the neck with, with that hand she literally lifted a grown-ass woman <laughs> hand, you know in the air which is not an easy thing to do um but it, it was super dope. I like the costumes. Um, you know, and the reason I bring the costumes because there's one there's one that I want to talk about um, that didn't that clearly did not um, have the have the best as far as wardrobe, but they handled everything else well, so you kind of went with it. Um, but Gambit Play for Keeps. If you have not seen that, go watch that. It's a nice. It's it's a cool little twenty minutes right there that I think. Uh, you'd be missing out on if you don't check out. Um, another one that was very well done, but I kind of expected it to be well done because they do good shit. And this one is from Bat in the Sun. Uh, Batman, dying is easy. 
really fucking good. I mean, I think sometimes when people do Batman um, uh, short films, they focus on certain things and not other things. Certain things about his characteristics and other. I feel like this was well balanced. This was well balanced because in the beginning, you see the fight scene and how he took the people apart in that room to save that little girl. Like he beat their asses, and that's what you expect from a from a Batman, right? Beat your ass, yeah. Um, high octane. Um, the the suit being was bulletproof. That was a nice touch. Um, it was done really, really fucking well. One thing about the, even the costuming was done really good. The one thing about it though, I noticed. Did you notice that his mask had um his mask was like a frowny face. Like it, it had the frown stuff already embedded in the cow. <laughs> like, so it gave the impression that he was smelling something bad the whole time. <laughs> I swear. I could not unsee it. Like when he was talking to Bullock up on the on rooftop. He looked like he was smelling something bad. <laughs> That's just how it looked to me. Um, but the reason why I say it was very well balanced, and I've actually, if I'm not mistaken, they've used that guy before to play Batman in their other um, uh, little... In some of the other Bat in the Sun productions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I got to say that um, the costuming was really good, but the balance is what... Um, sold it for me because not only did you see him kicking ass but the way it ends and i don't know i don't want to really, really want to spoil it because i want people to actually go and watch it um the way it ends you see how batman and his prep time is crazy the, the prep time thing is almost a superpower like <laughs> like the things he did the, the lengths he went to 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 win in the end was pretty fucking crazy like but it was but it was on brand. Really well done. I like the Joker. Um the guy that they've used him several times too. Um I I, I liked uh even to be honest, I liked the switch up where they had instead of having him deal directly with um uh, Commissioner Gordon, he was dealing with Bullock. A lot of, a lot of people don't do that. They usually go straight for Commissioner Gordon because it's you know expected. But the fact that they had Bullock up there, I thought that was that was that was fairly dope, fairly dope. What was your impressions on it? That one I didn't see a whole lot of. I I managed to watch about half of it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It definitely still looks good. I I do plan on finishing that one. Yeah, you need. That's what I'm glad I didn't spoil it for you. Then you definitely need to watch the watch the whole thing. Um, it's but I really have well seen done. a couple of the Bat in the Sun videos before. Yeah, they're really good at that, man. They've all been pretty well produced. Yeah, so. and I think most of them are, cra- are crowdfunded, so they have. Uh, um, well, I think these are the guys behind what Superpower Beat. Down. Yes, so yes, that's that's where I've seen a bunch of their stuff. But it's their stuff has been generally very well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Most of their videos are in that five to ten minute range, mm-hmm. but this one's but, a little you know, longer. Yeah, this one is like a full on half short hour. Movie. Yeah, something it's, like that. It's a half hour. It's it's a short film. It's done. It's done really well. Because I think 
I remember the first Bat in the Sun video I think I saw was the Wonder Woman versus Wolverine. Oh, dude, that's so... Video they did. Dude, tell me they didn't nail that. Like, they, they nailed that. Um, And the, the, and the they, kicker is, is this Dying is Easy one? Mm-hmm. This is a new video. Yeah, it just came out. It just came out. Six days old by the time we're talking about this. Right, right. Maybe a week and a half, two weeks by the time you guys are going to be listening to this. It's just... Assuming no technical issues because we've been having... Very bad technical issues, yeah. um, But let's hope. Um, We're going to do what we can to mitigate that uh, this time, hopefully. Um, But yeah, dying is easy. I don't want to give the... um, as a matter of fact, these next few ones, I am not going to give um, the ending because I really want you guys to go sit and I need Cyrus to go and watch them too so I can get his feedback on it. Um, the the next one, uh, Demon in the Dark, Batman. Now, remember earlier when we were talking about how some of these films are on the high end of production, some are on the low end, and then some are in the middle? This was one of the ones that was in the middle. And I mean, they had Green Lantern in here. They had uh, Black Adam had a cameo in here. Um, uh, uh, their, their, their choice for Deadshot was uh, was curious to me, but hey, it is what it is. Um, but but they literally had like 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 special effects that were fairly good. Like, in, they were definitely in the middle and for shit that you wouldn't expect. Like some. Some of these fan films, some of the special effects they use is expected um, because low budget, whatever. Some of these, though, in this one, Demon in the Dark, they were they were low budget, but they were, I would say, mid budget. <laughs> they were they were mid budget, you know, to pull yeah. some of this stuff off. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not That's at all. Like, Not especially at all. for fan films. If you if you got a good story that works. Yeah. You you can get away with not having a high end production like right. That. I'm right. sorry if if you're going for something that's more uh, uh how do we put it just action and explosion Michael Bay esque mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it needs to be high quality yes. because there isn't a storyline to keep you drawn in right it will be any. And even then, sometimes the high quality doesn't save it. Nah. <laughs> so if you have a good story, like good story, good acting, it doesn't even have to be great, but everyone in it is buying in and like making the effort. Right. You can get away with not having necessarily high budget, you know, good, good CGI, mm-hmm. good like effect. You can get away with having lesser. If and that's the thing. They these people, these people were ambitious. And the, the proper use of Adobe After Effects, you can pull off shit that it's convincing enough, even though you can look at it and see it's not big budget, but it's convincing enough for you to appreciate. And that's 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 what it was with Demon in the Dark. Like and, and they, they did have a story, but it was one that was kinda, you know, we've seen this before, this sort of thing before where Batman was basically, it was a bunch of villains on a run and Batman was picking them the fuck off, right? But the shit they were doing in here was amazing, man. Like, and you could tell it was, it was, it was you know, efficient use 
of um after effects that special effects program but it was done really well and and it reminds me because you know some years ago probably one of the best after effect um special effects um little film short i saw was a jedi fight scene and coincidentally both of the kids in here wind up working for uh lucas films and they wind up getting a job for lucas films after this really 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 well done that's kind of what this reminded me of um and so yeah cyrus you have got to go watch this this was mid-tier this was not low um the low low end um, uh, fan film this was not the high end it was right there in the middle i think you will i think you will definitely enjoy that um let's talk about batman dead end this is one of the older ones uh, where Batman was fighting, uh, started out, it seemed like he was going to fight one of the aliens from the movie Alien, which he kind of did. But that's not how it turned out. It turned out he was fighting a predator. And um, far as on the, the, the costume... God, I'm looking at it, and this is... Old. Ten years. Yes, this is one of the older ones. And I actually saw this a while ago. So when I, when I saw it in there, I was like, why does this sound familiar? And then when I went to watch it again, I was like, I remember this is one of the early fan films that I watched. Now, costuming, they did a good job with Predator. They did a reasonably good job with um, with uh, the Alien. But I gotta say, oh, they did a good job with the Joker. I gotta say, though, what happened with Batman? <laughs> what the fuck? Doesn't it seem intuitive, right? That they would have had a much harder job with Predator and Alien and the Alien than with Batman, and yet here we are. <laughs> that suit, that suit was it wasn't it. Uh, it wasn't it. Big props to you guys, but that suit wasn't it. <laughs> it wasn't it at all. That cape, that <laughs> that cape looked like it was made of silk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely, absolutely not. Um, but then, too, to be fair to them, that version of his costume has never been my favorite version of it anyway. So, you know, uh, part of it goes to that, towards that bias that I have towards it. But, <laughs> man, that suit was bad. That suit was bad. But I remember watching it 10 years ago. And at the time, it was one of the most awesome things ever because it was extra comic book content and some regular people did it and it wasn't half bad for them. And it still kind of holds up, um, especially in some of the fight scenes. Um, I also like the um, the dialogue between Batman and the Joker. Um, the Joker's angle, the angle he came at Batman with. I thought that was pretty, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, overall, though, you should see it if if for no other reason than to make the comparison of what they were doing 10 years ago and what a lot of these people are capable of now with their uh, production value. Um, it, it, it was really well, uh, really well done from that angle. It's just that that Batman costume threw me off. And even some of the stunts he was pulling off. It's like, come on, man. Like, the jumping off the roof. Kind of just... Like, and it goes to show how much things have come in 10 years as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, things have changed quite a bit as far as um, home recording, 
technology, software, the whole nine. Um, it's definitely evolved. Um, the uh, last um, movie I kind of want to talk about that I saw um, is Spider-Man Eclipse. Now, listen. I respect these dudes a lot because I like the story. I like the story they pulled off. And I like a lot of the things they did. Some of the effects they did was pretty cool, right? And got to give the um, guy that played Spider-Man extra effort um, for pulling off some of the stunts, the, the flips and all that was pretty good. But that Spider-Man outfit was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine, if you will, instead of the, the, the Spider-Man mask that we're used to, that we've been spoiled with from the um, full feature films, Imagine a um, a ski mask <laughs> spray painted red, <laughs> spray painted red with the little black webbing markings on there, and and these cutout things for the eyes. It looked bad. So it's basically <laughs> Spider Man when he was still arrested. Yes, <laughs> that was so bad. It was so, so bad. Also, um, unrecognizable uh, villains um, in here was the hand. I didn't know they were the hand until he, he said that's what they were later on in, in the film. I, they didn't like the hand to me. Like They looked like just a bunch of um, random thugs with hoodies on. Like That's what they looked like, but but the production clearly was on the low end. But I did like the story. I did like the story. I thought the story was, was done. It was a classic Spider-Man um, uh, uh, affair. You know, um, they could have, they also had Mary Jane, sorry, playing Mary Jane in there. They could have made her hair a bit more red. Just saying. Um, but, like, I did like, I did like the story. I like what they, what they did with that. And, again, like I said before, these things aren't easy to shoot. Like, I've shot little short films that I've never released in my backyard. And they, they were, they were kind of difficult. <laughs> they were, were kind of difficult, right? So it's like, um, th these to do what they did, I know took work. I know took work. A whole bunch of shoots, um, different cameras. Like, I know it took work to do this, but the production value was not, it was definitely on the low end. And the reason I want to talk about it is because we've done a lot of, um, we did two Batmans and, well, three Batmans. No, we did, a, no, we, we've been pretty even-handed, right? We did a Punisher, we did a couple of Batmans, and we did Gambit, and now Spider-Man. So, yeah. yeah, we've been pretty even-handed with hitting both of those up. Um, to my knowledge, and maybe somebody could um, correct me on that and point me in a direction to that. I have only seen one fan film that wasn't of the big two. And that was a Spawn one. It was a Spawn one that I saw a couple of years ago. That's the only one I can I recall. I don't I don't remember seeing any other ones, but if anybody has knowledge of those and has oh, they, seen it. They, they most definitely exist. We just haven't found them. Yeah, because why wouldn't someone have done um The Crow? Or a Constantine one. Like, yeah. why wouldn't they have done that? Well, Constantine is still DC. That's true. 
But that's true. That's true. What am I thinking? Oh, because they keep separating them out to vertigo. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think one of the other ones I've actually really enjoyed too was uh, it was another Addy Shankar one. Mm -hmm. Who's the same guy who brought you Dirty Laundry? Right. Called uh, Venom Truth in Journalism. Yeah, you, that's right. See, I saw that on the list and did not get a chance to watch it. Tell me about that. So this one is basically a French documentary crew mm -hmm. comes to America mm -hmm. to capture, you know, the life of Eddie Brock. Okay. Except as it's going on, and it's, and it's done kind of like cheap documentary style but that's like the actual style of the film yeah yeah you never outright see venom mm -hmm. but you keep seeing all these shady things start happening you see some stuff in the shadows and these like thugs and stuff start dying everywhere that eddie brock goes mm. and near the end you get uh a bit of a cameo by a villain known as Bullseye. Really? Yes. Like, th there is a little bit of Venom, like, right at the very end. Mm -hmm. But it is primarily just Eddie Brock, and you're seeing all these weird things happen as these gangsters are dying. They walk into the uh, an alley, and you start seeing some real shady stuff and all of a sudden you sort of hear it happen right like the venom transform and just kills a guy wow how long is this this one is 17 minutes oh, okay that's reasonable so that's reasonable that's the thing is uh, most of these things are on the shorter side mm -hmm. but you're still looking at about 20 minutes a thing. There's one I haven't seen that Adi Shankar does to bring up that not a big two thing. He does a Judge Dread one. Oh, I, I saw I that seen too. That one I didn't see the movie, but I saw the thumbnail for Judge Menti. Is that is that the name of it? <laughs> Judge Menti. <laughs> uh, this one is called Super Fiend. Ah. Okay. You know, I'm speaking of uh, Judge Dredd. I've never really gotten. I've watched, I watched the old Judge Dredd movie with uh, Sylvester Stallone, and I watched the the more recent one that came out. Um, I just it's hard for me to really get into the whole Judge Dredd thing. I tried to, because I never heard of him until the Sylvester Stallone movie, and then I saw the comic books, you know, all over the place or whatever. Um, but. I've never really been able to get into it, get into it. So hopefully one of these uh, fan films will, will paint a better um, picture of him for me to really grasp hold to. Um, the other one, yeah. maybe because he was a cop. Well, I know uh, Adi Shankar's version of it is uh, is all animated. So it's a cartoon. Nice. That might help. That might help. But yeah, it's like if you look up, on YouTube, you can find Adi Shankar's Bootleg Universe, and it covers a whole bunch of his stuff. Really? So there's, like, Power Rangers Unauthorized, which actually uses a couple of the real actors, hmm. uh, Punisher Dirty Laundry, Mr. Rogers, a war hero. 
<laughs> I just found the channel too. Yeah, yeah like Truth in right. Journalism, Judge Dredd, Super Fiend. Hmm. Bootleg Universe. You know what? Yeah, now while well, I believe I believe he is responsible for the uh Castlevania animated series on Netflix. He's the guy behind it. Oh shit. Okay. So it's like he again, like I said, he's a legitimate uh director and producer and stuff like that, but he likes to do a bunch of these things, so I would too if I was him. I would too. Um He's yes, okay, so now I got some stuff to watch when I work today. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like that super fiend one, that like 17 minute video. It originally came out as like a mini series. So you're seeing like I'm looking at here, there's like episode one through six, and there's oh. like six episode or six minute, five minute, four minute, three minute, four minute, seven minute. So it looks like he's done a few things. He's done a few like behind the scenes on his stuff, like why did he do the Power Rangers one and <laughs> making of it? Thank you to the Judge Dread fans. Hmm. Apparently, he has a thing called uh, "How to Fix a Poo Once and for All" for like <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> Who needs the quickie mutt? I do. Yo, that, that- that song is one of my favorite Simpson songs. Same. <laughs> Same. Um, so yeah, go check out um uh what's that channel name again? This Eddie Shankar, Shankar's Bootleg Universe. Go check that out. And really, go check out all of the ones that we talked about today yeah. if you haven't like seen them. Him and Bat in the Sun and uh let's see, what is it here? Him, Bat in the Sun, and Nick Bateman. They make the more high-end ones, right? Who Nick Bateman was the one who did the Gambit play for keeps. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. even have a lot of videos on his channel. Mm-hmm. But theirs are the ones that definitely are uh, the high-end stuff. It's like definitely on the not quite going to the movies, but you're about as close as you're getting right right for it's better than some of the netflix stuff i've seen let's yeah, put it that yeah way. yeah absolutely absolutely and, and that is legitimate production so if we're gonna go that way this is definitely into the legitimate production tier yeah yeah it's there it's it's, it's shit if netflix was smart <laughs> well it, Netflix yeah, was. Guys. They picked up yeah. Addy Shankar. Ah, true, true. Things, so. True, true, like, true. Let's put it this, that way. These guys legitimately got jobs in the industry off of some of this stuff. Right, right. And, or had jobs in the industry before doing this stuff, and they're doing this because, much like us, they just love it. Yep, yep. And it's what we would do if we was in that position. We would absolutely be doing this shit. Oh, um, yeah. Absolutely be doing it. Um, I'd play a mean blob. <laughs> oh man um i actually just subscribed to his channel too so yeah I hope he um i don't know when the last time i think the last time he updated was like last year 2020 i think looking at the last day he updated the bootleg universe um yeah or something like that 
But fuck it. He might have some other shit, so I made sure I subscribed. Well, when, when he does come up with something, you'll have it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But yeah, go check out all of these and support these filmmakers, man. Because they're doing films in the genre that we all love. And also, um, this is added content. And a lot of times, I gotta say, they'll represent the character better than the big budget film does. A lot yeah. of the times. You know? So... It's like definitely worth like that. Right, dude. I haven't. That's the best version of Rogue I've ever seen. Right there, right there. There's another one I think I saw too. But may come second. Um, that was part of the superpower beatdown thing. But she might be second. But this Rogue had the attitude, all of that, and the age. All right, like that's enough of that making Rogue a little girl stuff. It's enough of that. Um, but yeah, that's the show for today. Um. Is there anything you're trying to promote? I know you're doing a lot of work uh, lately. Uh, right now, no, not really. You still have I, issues with your WordPress? I, yes and no. Mm. I'm still not able to get to it on my main browser, but apparently it's a browser thing. Oh. So the only browser I've been able to log in and actually get my information on Mm-hmm is on microsoft edge yo. I'm basically using internet explorer in order yo. to actually go on to you there, know so. what's funny about that that's all i use now yeah it's sad <laughs> all i use now is microsoft edge now so and i've been doing using that now for, at least since the end of last year so i don't know no i've had so many issues with obviously with edge but also with like just explorer and mm-hmm. all that stuff in general but well, explorer has been shitty for years it's the micro, but microsoft edge is better it's definitely better than explorer was um but you know my chrome was acting dumb and then when i went to um said well let me let me try microsoft edge i went to edge and it wasn't acting dumb so <laughs> i mean you know i guess that's it i have to use edge um, like I said, I, I've had a few things where I legitimately haven't been able to properly use it on Edge because it just would not work. Yeah, yeah. Which weird. is why I never really used it after that initial mm-hmm. like, couple weeks. But mm-hmm. apparently this is one of those things where it's it's what actually works for it. So I'm going to have to at least keep it on my hot bar for Facts. using that. Facts. Um, also go and check out the black culture geeks, uh, show that's, um, you'll find that every Saturday live streaming at 11 a.m. ish. And after that, you can find it on Spotify and any other place podcast to play. Go check out Addy's game room. Um, he streams damn near every day on the Addy game room channel and on the Addy game room, um, Facebook page. Uh, also go check out Jaded Nerd's channel, Jaded Nerd. He streams every day. Um, he does your celebrity gossip beat. Go check him out as well. And all of the future multi-world uh, entertainment things, as well as Rise, the Rise Podcast Show. Find that on the Rise Podcast Show um, uh, channel on YouTube as well. Streaming every Sunday at 12 noon Eastern time. Um, so for my man, 